This is Michelle Wong here for another episode of the Sacred Emergence podcast. So I have a beautiful interview with Elizabeth Sargent. And before I uh, share with you our interview segment, I just wanted to give you a heads up that there is a little bit of background noise. I recorded this on the balcony because it was such a beautiful day. And uh, but there are some birds and there's some kids voices in the background that I couldn't edit out. Um, so just wanted to give you a heads up and with being international, sometimes the Wi-Fi gets a little bit spotty. So there's a little bit of that as well, but the information, um, and the interview with Liz is incredible. So I know that you will enjoy it. So without further ado, here is the interview. Amazing. Welcome, welcome to the show, everybody. Today, I have a beautiful guest with us, Elizabeth Sargent from the UK. Elizabeth is an amazing functional nutritionist that specializes with women's health. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you, Michelle. Excited to be here. Yeah. And so just to give listeners a head up, I'm actually recording this outside of my balcony in Bali. So there's sounds of birds outside. <laughs> so that's it. what you're hearing. If you're hearing like this, like, eh, eh. <laughs> oh my goodness. So Elizabeth, is it okay if I call you Liz on the show? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I love your work. I, you know, we've connected over uh, figure six and even, um, you know, working with human design and all of that. But one of the aspects I love is that you're really sharing with women how to really um, come back into their bodies and paying attention to their own body's rhythm. And I love the courses that you offer because I think I saw one on your Instagram is about journaling. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I would love to hear more about how you're, you started with your journey in women's health. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, my journey specifically into women's health, it's been interesting actually, because I guess it's been something that's with, been with me for... 20 years or so just from the aspect of my own journey with health and with connection with self um but my journey with kind of really working with other women probably started around eight eight years ago now when I moved from my corporate career which was in, in big pharma so um, I was working at that time, actually, in autoimmune conditions in big pharma. Um, and I re kind of re um, deployed my skill set into nutrition. So I then went on, did a master's in human nutrition and continued with functional medicine training as well on top of that. Um, and that gave me the opportunity to then obviously work a lot more closely aligned with the women who are in my world now and I think before that I you know I enjoyed that corporate role but I knew I was very much disconnected from myself when I was in that role and it's very interesting when I came out of it as to and now when I flip back how my life was very much two parts so I had fun silly Liz at home and then I had corporate Liz who was, you know, climbing the corporate ladder, um, basically just very different in the work environment. And I had become, I'd found this extremely draining over time. And I'd also seen kind of for me where that 
amazing career ladder was going, which was incredible. And I often think, you know, now over 10 years on, where would I be? Which country would I be living in? Which um, like country un- business unit would I be leading or something like that? It's, it's just kind of crazy, but I knew that wasn't the path for me. And a lot of the women that I work with I can resonate with and they resonate with my journey because so much of where I've been is right from being at school, being a high achiever, doing all the things, um, kind of very much go, 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 joining all the different clubs, all the different activities, absolutely loving life, going on all the adventures. Um, And then I think the work that I do is very much around female health, our energetics, our physical energetics, and then our hormones. And that very much mirrors my experience of life. So having glandular fever um, in my teens, I lost my dad when I was um, 18, basically went to university the next week and managed to kind of squish down all those emotions Mm. that I probably should have expressed and grieved and very much carried that with me through my very busy 20s, living life in London, building my career, moving and living abroad in Chicago for a period of time with work <clears throat> and just continuing, 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 then finding CrossFit and living like this incredible busy life, but your body just can't keep up with that. Mm. And over time, um, as I see a lot of the women that I work with, my resilience massively dipped to the extent I had HPA axis dysfunction, which um I had adrenal fatigue it's not called adrenal fatigue anymore but back at the time it was very generally called adrenal fatigue um and that was then this big shift for me now at the time I was training for my um in functional medicine at the time so I was really lucky because before that I hadn't even heard of what a HP axis is the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis I didn't know what adrenal dysfunction was and I wouldn't have spotted the symptoms but because I was in that field now, I was able to spot it and intervene quite early. But for me, that required a massive identity shift because I had to stop doing my 6.30 CrossFit class and started walking and meditating, which as you can imagine, for someone who was very fast um, and kind of always wanting to achieve, always wanted to get better, get stronger, um, that was a massive identity shift. So that was kind of like my, that was my journey through starting to tune into my body and listen to my body because these clues my body had been giving me had been there for years even from being a teenager so when I was a teen and obviously our hormones are a bit funky as a teen as the communication channels are starting to find their way but I had really horrendous um, acne as a teen Um, and so I went on the pill very early I came off the pill in my 20s the acne all came back not surprisingly of what I know now of course it's going to um (laughs) (laughs) and so then it was you know this you know these last I guess 10 years well I probably before not at the moment but the last 10 years have definitely been my own personal kind of reconnection with self understanding my hormonal systems my energetic systems a lot of that has been rebuilding those Um, And yeah, that's so much now what I do with the ladies I work with very much on the physical human side, but also the human being, the self side. It's all part and parcel. Mm, 
I love that. That is so interesting. Like, I'm wondering what some of your symptoms were when you were like doing CrossFit and basically being in the masculine go, go, go mode. Um, I'm wondering what symptoms you had that you realized, oh, this is like signs of fatinal, uh, fatinal, adrenal fatigue, which is a different name now, but um, yeah. Sometimes I say, well, let's pause on jumping into the Dutch test. Let's get all of those foundational things in place first. Then when we go to the Dutch test, if we need to, because actually for a lot of women, when we get those foundational things in place, I would really struggle with blood glucose control. So I had horrendous sugar cravings and then I would just crash the afternoon. I'd be absolutely exhausted. And how this then sort of started to manifest, it was, I would do my workout at home, breakfast, and then within half an hour, I would be just flattened. I felt horrendous for the rest of the day. On the days when I perhaps wasn't working out, I found it very difficult to concentrate. Um, I had very low mood. If I had a coffee, which I didn't drink that much coffee, but I would think, all right, I just need something to make, like kind of give me a bit of a pep up, which so many ladies do. I would actually find that made the scattiness in my brain so much more kind of all over the place, which was really difficult because I was obviously studying um, for my thesis and functional medicine at the time. So writing and doing all the work and doing the research for that was just thinking that not create any thoughts uh, and then mood. So I had very low mood sort of just generally. Um, and I think looking back, you could probably describe that as kind of very depressive type mood as well. So they were the symptoms that were coming, which were very unlike me. I was very, you know, quite high energy and I was just really struggling at the time. Oh, wow. So it was almost like even with all of the exercises you were doing afterwards, you were just like, blah. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, it's so interesting because like even like you were saying about coffee, because like most people, especially when I was in corporate, it was like the 2 p.m. Let's grab the coffee. Right. I need a little pick me up. OK. And then you with those. So how long were you experiencing that? before you realize, oh, this is not normal? Well, when it got to that stage, they, that became more of the warning, like warning signs. Um, but I was probably, I would have been experiencing it for long before there. So I remember there'd be times when, there was one particular time, this was when I was still in my corporate role, I went to the cash machine to get cash out and I withdrew um, 30 pounds, took my card and then just walked off without the money. Like I just wasn't mm. present in myself um and my mind so there'd been lots of things before getting to there and that was just obviously that sort of and also I guess symptoms of poor good blood glucose control that would have been going on for a little while you know the feelings of being hangry not being satiated satiated it's early here it's early um and yeah and I I was I was it, the other interesting thing actually for me I think the, like one of the final things that the front of straws that broke the camel's back for me was the CrossFit being a positive stressor but actually very I mean very stressful for me at that particular time not that I realized it but also I was eating really well and when I say really well I was like eating really clean mm. but I was probably eating too clean and for the amount of exercise I was doing 
um, even though I'm really aware of what exercise I was doing. So I was eating you know, the good quality carbohydrates, but I wasn't for where my body was from a stress perspective, I wasn't taking that into account. So I think that as well would have been contributing to what's going on. The other thing that happened for me is that I lost my cycles. Oh, okay. Wow, there's so much to, like, I have so many questions. <laughs> that is so interesting. Well, I'm, oh, wow. So, like, because um, we, like, we're taught, like, not we're taught, but, like, eating clean is, is kind of, like, the thing. So, I'm curious, what do you mean when you were saying how it wasn't enough or it was too clean? Yeah, so I would say I was too low carbohydrate. So, I was oh. eating all good whole foods. And I think at that particular point, I had probably cut out pretty much all refined carbohydrates and sugars. So I was purely on like whole food sources of carbohydrates, but I probably hadn't included as much because it's very easy when you do make that shift, even though I was obviously very aware of that space, um, to just go very low carb. And I wouldn't say I was low, low carb, but I was low compared to I was. So um, with that, I had quite a, quite a big body composition change. Um, so I imagine some of that will have contributed to things, um, particularly from a hormonal perspective. Um, and what was interesting with losing my period is I was also taking the pill whilst, um, again, at that time, I did not know, did not have the full spectrum of information at my fingertips as the the, uh, I would have made very different choices whether I was taking the pill or not but at the time I was taking the pill and um, I lost my period despite being on the pill so actually it was my um, pill-free weeks so the withdrawal bleeds that stopped which mm. retrospectively was quite quite alarming so that would have been a big telltale sign that those even despite having the pill the estrogen and progesterone levels really weren't where they needed to be let's talk about the pill and like because it's like I feel like not like it's I mean it's it's easy well not easy because mm -hmm. you still have to like take it every day uh, so you have to like but like the effects of it on our body right as a woman mm. and um I know it tends to be over prescribed for things that aren't like you were saying for acne um and I know that even if it's not the pill, like the IUD, so like women's hormonal birth control, that makes me so wary. Like I actually have never taken it because just the effects that I read about and how it actually can numb or turn off a woman's intuition with her own body. So I'd love to hear more about your perspective with that and what you typically, how you navigate people with that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, first it has to, you have to, choose if it's for contraceptive reasons you have to obviously choose the one that's right for you so I'm not against the pill because it has to be the woman's choice what I am advocating for is informed choice mm. so when you take the pill or you take um you know the, one of the hormonal coils you have the opportunity to understand fully the effects of what that synthetic hormone is how that may affect your body and you know some of the maybe longer term effects of choosing it and then you've had an informed choice what I believe is that a lot of women are just automatically say prescribed it but 
they they don't ha they aren't haven't given aren't given that information um and often it's over prescribed for exactly like you say so for acne heavy periods painful periods other female health conditions such as endometriosis and or fibroids and these are all conditions as to when we're able to tune into our body listen they lift really quickly when we make holistic changes mm. so we are led to know particularly in the western world that heavy periods painful periods low mood mood swings anxiety at different points in our cycle are normal it's just part of pms it's part of being a woman we just have to live with it it's not the case at all it is absolutely okay pms in some in some cultures doesn't even exist what it's a, oh my god <laughs> yeah exactly it doesn't even exist in some cultures it's it's 100%, well, I don't say necessarily 100%, there's obviously some, a small amount of genetics behind your susceptibility to these things, but so much of our genetics is switched on by our environment. Mm. So when it comes to all of these hormonal imbalances, it comes down to that holistic approach and we can lift all of those symptoms really quickly. So before going or whilst being on any of these hormonal contraceptives for that particular reason, think, how do I want to tune into my body because all they do is mask the imbalances that are going on under under kind of underneath the surface and the amazing thing for us women is we have this finely tuned hormonal system that is often called a fifth vital sign so we have this finely tuned system that's linked to all of our other bodily systems so if something isn't right if our body is if we're having heavy periods, if we're having painful periods, if we're having period pain, if we're having sore boobs, we've got acne, if we're having low mood, that's just our body saying, hey, can you just listen to us? Something isn't right. And can you still sort of step in? But we ignore that because we believe that is normal, but it's not, it's just common. So what we need to do is listen to those and rather than just mask it with a pill, is just make some very easy shifts in our diet, in our lifestyle, to give our body what it needs. And then those, I see in the women that I work with, those symptoms lift in a month, like in one cycle, they have significant improvements in those symptoms by making actually, in some cases, quite simple dietary changes. Wow, because I have, I get cramps, I get <laughs> sometimes my boobs get tender and it's just like, every month I'm always holding my breath. Um, mm. So, and I feel like I've, I've done like seed cycle in the past, kind of not hundred percent. So I love that you're like, it's only a few tweaks. I'm like, Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like sometimes like I got to do all this, all of this in order to shift it when really sometimes I had to say like an Advil can kick the problem. Um, but I love like with what you're saying, it's, we are going to the root cause and we're giving our body what it needs when we're willing to listen. Yeah, absolutely. And when we do listen, because what we want to do is make sure this amazing cyclical hormonal system is working to its optimal, because when that's working to its optimal, the rest of our body will be working well. Our digestive mm. system will be working well. Our stress system will be working well. Our neurobiology will be working optimally. There's so many different, our immune system, you know, our, all of our systems are so interlinked, but our hormonal systems, our estrogen, our progesterone, testosterone, and all the other hormones, they, they talk to each other, they talk to 
all the different cells in our body. You know, we have estrogen receptors in our brain. So our brain chemistry is very much linked with what's going on as our hormones. So actually just tuning in and taking some time to understand ourselves and then responding to that with what our body is saying is really powerful. It's there to see us for the long term, you know, because this is our home, our body is our home. So let's, you know, just really tune into it and get to know it really well. But from my perspective, I'm kind of slightly gutted. It took me to my late thirties to actually come around to this. So it's now my mission. It's like just to bring awareness to women at any point in their life, um, but ideally as early as possible so that they can actually start to feel more empowered around their body rather than disempowered. And in some cases quite, you know, shamed about some of the, the hormonal changes in their body. Yeah, I can see where, like, uh, with the pain and just like all of the symptoms that you were describing earlier, it can make a woman distrust her body. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's that connection between our physical human and our inner being sort of ourself. And that's where we become disconnected. But when we do, and, and this is a really simple way, and even if someone is on the pill and they're listening to this, like I am on hormonal contraceptive, just tracking and attuning to your body on a daily basis, just tracking, how do I feel today? What can I feel within me? How does my mind feel? How does my body feel? What symptoms am I having? Um, what thoughts am I feeling? Just tracking that is the first way just to start attuning and connecting physical self with sort of inner being so um, and that's then when you can you can start looking at patterns and then it gets quite interesting because your body does go through patterns Um, and this is particularly true say a lot of women who go through into their luteal phase that's the second half of your cycle that's when a lot of those symptoms come up for women Um, either in the later half or for some women it could be for the kind of nearly 10 days two weeks Um, But being aware of that and when you start just attuning and knowing that that might be coming up, you can start actually making plans around the social events that you plan, the activities you do at work. You know, it's probably not the best time of the month to to plan a work presentation or an inspirational leadership meeting as you're approaching that part of your cycle. Whereas when at the first half of your cycle, you're inspired and you're feeling great. You're like, yes, let's do this, launch this new idea. Let's set a date in the diary, brilliant. Put in a diary about two weeks time. What phase are you gonna be in then? How are you gonna be feeling then? So even just firstly attuning to your physical self and your inner being, and then starting to map out, well, how do I lead myself for success? on a day-to-day basis, a month-to-month basis with just your, you know, your home life, your social life, your personal life, and also your work life. Oh, I love that. So with your programs, how do you, like, what are your offerings where you really help women kind of track that and understand that and map it to their diet and their lifestyle? Mm. So I have a membership that's called FemFlow. Um, And FemFlow actually used to be a program. So it's actually set up where you can first come into the membership and actually could consume all the content. There's about over about um, 500 pounds worth of content there because it's all around attuning to your cycle and harmonizing your hormones. So it takes you through the the videos and and the workshops to, to go through that. And then it takes you to 
optimizing because once we've found that harmony, we can use these hormonal balances to optimize. So like our brain chemistry, our metabolism changes at different times in our cycle. The workouts that we do, they should be changing on mm. a day-to-day basis. We shouldn't be doing the same workout day in, day out because our body, our female bodies are not designed to do that. We can optimize our fitness by attuning to that. So we then, yes, yeah, so that's optimization. And then those ladies and there's been ladies who have been with me for a number of years who have come through some of my other programs have come into FemFlow and now they're kind of really in that embody phase where they're kind of like journaling you know with their cycle they're eating in sync with their cycle because they're different foods we can eat at different times of the month that will help balance a lot of these symptoms so FemFlow is really where it's a monthly low-cost monthly membership and I'm excited to, to be able to deliver this now because it makes it so much accessible to, you know, to so many women. And then I'm always hopping in there and talking about whatever's coming up, doing Q&As, doing hormone hot seat sessions. It's just this beautiful environment where I get to hang out with women who are also wanting to get into this space, wanting to attune to themselves. And obviously those women who are already there along on their journey, which you know, from a selfish perspective, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. I love that you call it the hormone hot seat. <laughs> yeah, hormone hot seat sessions come with your, all those hormone questions, wins and woes, and we'll jam out on them. <laughs> oh, I love that. And how about like with menopause or even like perimenopause? Like, is there wisdom to that as well with respect to foods? And Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. That's an amazing question. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm always encouraging so women who are in their late 30s and 40s to come into FemFlow or to at least start attuning at this point, because this is going to be the foundation to set you up going into perimenopause and then into, you know, that real kind of more intense and moving into menopause itself. Um, Because when you start attuning, when you start understanding how your body Um, reacts to different environmental and lifestyle aspects um, and different food, you're just going to be so much better prepared for the hormonal changes, for navigating them, for understanding what to do for yourself. So FemFlow helps women find that flow. And we've also, we're in the process of actually, one of the ladies on my team um, is a, a a menopause specialist. And we're in the process of really building out the menopause stream of FemFlow. Um, actually, we have some workshops coming up um, in September. No, in October. It's going to be October all around um, that transition towards menopause, so perimenopause, managing the symptoms, because so much of that is can be managed hugely holistically with diet, lifestyle, and stress. Connection with self at this point in life um, is so vitally important and I think um, when I chat to Caroline um, the women on the team we also kind of geek out on this so much but for so many of the women coming in at this point you know when you're in your 40s or you know either early 40s or late 40s depending on when the symptoms start coming up for you you're at a time in your life where you've got successful careers or successful businesses you've got a family some of them some some may have young children because a lot of women are having children later in life some may have teenagers, parents are getting older. So we've got so much responsibility 
so many balls we are juggling and so much stress and everything that we're carrying at this point and we've there's so much like kind of lack of um focus on self and that for so many women are is kind of the the thing that's buffering them out of out of alignment and when we go into perimenopause it's like bam whoa what just hit me because Mm. then you've got all these internal things that are are changing and they're things that are more kind of seem more difficult to control because they're not things you can see they're not things you can speak to and move and juggle it's like whoa what's going on but when we've found these foundations and we understand how we can I don't want to say juggle our hormones but tune into them and actually nourish them in the right direction it becomes a lot more powerful I love that so it's like it's focusing on it on just understanding your hormonal cycle now is going to obviously support you down the road when you're going to go through that, you know, the, the menopause. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I never even thought about looking at to like what's happening in someone's lifestyle with like kids and parents getting older and that does affect our body's system and stress mm. and all of that. So I love that you incorporate that as well. I have a question. This is like kind of off tangent, but not really. Like with soy, because I hear so many like people fearing soy and I, I, eat, I eat soy <laughs> and like some people avoid it. And I know I'm just so curious what your take on it is. Yeah. So soy is really interesting. So the thing with soy, you want to be looking at good quality soy products. So I, well, really organic and non-GMO. So one of the the challenges with soy products is that it's because it's such a commodity food and it's so mass produced to make oils to put in the most random of foods and I think in the US more so than perhaps over here in Europe but it's definitely you know if you look on a loaf of regular supermarket bread a lot of them will have soy in it but it kind of used as a stabilizer and all, all those sort of things so because it's produced for that reason, it's like massive agricultural product. So it's massively um, sort of, it's usually been bred or genetically modified to be resistant to various pesticides so that you can mass spray them, mass grow them in these crops. Now, the challenge with that is that soy can be disruptive to the gut Um, And it's more to do with the fact that it's probably, it's not the traditional plant that we would have eaten, however many, it's Mm. very similar to wheat as well. You know, a lot of people have gluten and wheat intolerances. The wheat that we eat now is very different to what our ancestors would have eaten. And when we eat it now, often that molecule of say gluten in wheat um, or the protein in soy will be connected to some other things. You know, it'll be connected to whatever it's been produced with, it'll be connected with maybe some um, organophosphate, so some some like small amount of pesticide residue or whatever it is. And so our body doesn't recognize it. So that's what in our gut is then causing like a, an immune reaction. And our body's like, hang on, this isn't the gluten or the soy protein that I'm used to. What's going on mm-hmm. it causes that. So, it, so there's that part of it where it can cause um, gut disruption. Um, And then from a hormonal perspective um, and an endocrine system. So if you're choosing good quality um, soy, if you're choosing fermented soy products as well, 
they can actually be really helpful for um, different part, different times in your cycle and as you go into perimenopause. But as with anything, it's just choosing the good quality because soy is um, contains a lot of phytoestrogens. So when you're in, say, a part of your menstrual cycle, particularly when you're in that second half of your luteal phase, so probably the week before you have your period and also during your period, your estrogen levels are going to be at their lowest. Now, this depends. Obviously, some people have something called estrogen dominance. When you have estrogen dominance, that's when you have a lot of the symptoms that I was talking about earlier. So we need to obviously tune into what's going on. But soy and the phytoestrogens can be very helpful at that time in the month. Um, and also going into perimenopause, when you're experiencing low estrogen, adding in soy products can really help lift symptoms for some women. Mm, so it needs to be like good quality, organic, non-GMO. Okay, well, that's good to know. Because <laughs> like I've heard mixed reviews on it and people are like, oh, it's bad for you because it's like mimics estrogen. And it's just like, but I've heard, you know, practitioners say, no, it's actually good for you. And it's just like confusing. So I appreciate your take on it. Yeah, it's also, again, to tune into what symptoms you've got. So if you've got a lot of estrogen dominant symptoms, when your estrogen levels are too high for your, um, compared to your progesterone, first of all, you need to sort of tune in again to feel, are my progesterone levels too low? For a lot of women who have got chronic stress over a prolonged period of time, the progesterone levels are going to be low, whereas some women are inefficient at detoxifying estrogen. So their estrogen levels are just too high because they're not excreting it. You know, they're circulating so estrogen is high, in which case soy may make that worse. Mm, okay. So it is all about kind of just tuning in. Um, but as long as you're having, you know, good quality soy products, um, it, you know, for some women can be helpful. And also just being sure how much you're having, like anything, you know, if you're having, if you're drinking soy milk every single day, or if you're, and again, the thing is, is trying to have most whole food sort sources of soy so like the fermented say tofu or edamame beans you know they're going to be the best sources to go through versus the highly processed things like soy milk I, I mentioned soy milk but if you're having that you know occasionally in a coffee or in a tea then that's fine but if you're having a lot then then it's just sort of tuning in is that is this serving you it could it might be absolutely fine but is it serving you um, and how does it make you feel Mm, awesome. And like, how about like functional medicine testing? Like, do you, um, I know there's like all these different, like with functional medicine, it gets very like specific and even more articulate with like what is being detected. Mm. And so I'm curious, like, do you find that, especially let's just say for like hormonal, um, what you recommend and like, if you guide your clients through that, yeah yeah so I love testing absolutely and for me it very much depends on where the client is and what they're into because there's a lot we can do with symptoms without doing any testing mm -hmm. so some women come to me and they're like I want to know all the information about me right now and then like right okay let's have a look we can look so some of the foundational ones would be looking at stools tests so your gut health is going to be the foundational thing. And 
whatever other tests you do, quite often it will come back to what's going on with your gut, what's going on with your gut permeability, the activation of the immune system, as well as that incredible ecology of those bacteria, the yeast, you know, what is going on in that place because they, that is kind of the control center of your body really. So that's kind of like that foundational piece. Then we have something called the Dutch test, which is really looking at what's going on with your hormones, what's going on potentially with stress profile, depending on which one, which um, Dutch test you go for, um, and excretion. So that's really important for your detoxification. So how efficient are you at detoxifying estrogen? Where are your different levels of progesterone, estrogen, and all the different androgens that we have within us? all the symptoms, you know, they, they lift really quickly. And it might be that we do something like Dutch test really just to kind of get into some of the nuances. And so we know exactly what's happening with some of the systems, because like you say, you know, the functional testing we have now, you can get into such like biochemical pathway specifics, which is, you know, absolutely fascinating. So you can really sort of support yourself through that. And I'm actually in the process of doing a whole load of different testing on myself, which I'm very geeky and excited <laughs> about to see what the results are. Um, but yeah, so functional testing is amazing, but it's also just to, you can either jump in, which is great, or you can say, okay, let's get these foundational pieces in place first and then see where we need to go when, kind of like when the clouds have lifted, you know, mm. because then you have a more stable view of where you are. I love that because then it's like I think sometimes the testing can be a little intimidating and it can be possibly like cost prohibitive but just to say like okay let's just look at the foundation maybe like what's your lifestyle like what's your current diet um what are yeah. some of your current symptoms and what can we do to tweak it I feel like that's like oh, okay like let's just start there <laughs> and see what shifts yeah I like that. absolutely and there's some women that I do, depending on what, where they're at, there's a, um, quite a few women that I do um, blood glucose monitoring with. So understanding, you know, how different foods affect your blood glucose, and that basically affects the level of inflammation, um, mm. what's going on on a, on a daily basis. And that in itself is really informative and it's very empowering because you can see the different foods and the different combinations of foods you're eating, how they, your body is responding and reacting to those really quickly and it's kind of like that real-time feedback so testing can be as simple as getting a blood glucose monitor off amazon which you know may cost 20 pounds and then just test doing you know taking your blood blood sugars for a couple of weeks making tweaks and then coming back to it a month later and then seeing where you're at and then looking it's like alongside the symptoms and the change in the symptoms as a result of that so it can be really really for those that like to get into a bit of um, nitty-gritty and start to understand themselves more at that kind of cellular level you know there's really simple things we can do as well oh amazing I love that I love like it's very like it depends on where the person wants to go with it and you don't have to start at one particular place so it's really customizable I love that yeah yeah, well, how can people work with you and learn more about you and get to know you more? Yay. Well, I come and uh, befriend me on Facebook, send me a note, say, hey, I'm listening to you on Michelle's podcast. Um, and I'm on there, just Elizabeth Sargent. I'm also over on Instagram at Well Nourished Club. So that's um, my, my business name. And yeah, I have 
FemFlow, which is the monthly membership. And I also have Flourish, which is all around energetics. So a lot of the stuff we're talking about mm. at the moment, talking about energetics, and that's very much our physical human energetics. So for me, it's about making you feel as good as possible, as quickly as possible. So that's really around lifting those ener that energy from that perspective. So then we can then connect to self. Then we also move through some of the energetics of regards to self as well through that. And, Is that and a... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask. Yeah, that's a six-week program. So that's okay. a six-week program. The next one will be starting in September. Um, and then I have my mastermind, which is Opal. So that's the beautiful combination of one-to-one -one support, as well as being in that group environment. As you know, So you kind of get that momentum of the group, but the deep dives with the one-to-one. -one. So that's my, my mastermind, Opal. And obviously, I do one-to-one -one as well. Um, but a lot of the women in my world are kind of in those group environments because you get, you know, you can dip in as, in and out of them as much as possible, but as you, as you desire, but it, you, you get that extra momentum. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Liz. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And I love just hearing your story. And um, it just seems like even talking to you in our, you know, 45 minutes together, it just feels like, oh, it's like, it's not like a death sentence. <laughs> You know, it's <laughs> no. like any of the symptoms, especially with cramps, and it could be so debil debilitating sometimes for some women um, that it's like, oh, there's actually like a solution that isn't yeah. like trying to figure out what's wrong with me. It's just simple tweaks. Absolutely. It could just be simple tweaks. If you if the, if you've got if you're at a level where sort of the cramps are, you know, just not absolutely debilitating, but they're really annoying and the, the boobs and it could just be some quite simple tweaks as to what's going on, or it could be just adding in some different foods at particular times of the month, you know, just to help with clearing some of that estrogen. So maybe up your cruciferous vegetables, Michelle. <laughs> eat more Particularly broccoli. from <laughs> eat more broccoli from ovulation onwards. I love that. Thank you so there much. You well, yeah. My final remark: eat more broccoli, ladies. <laughs> I love it. Well, I will definitely put all the links that you shared um, in the show notes and everybody please follow Liz. She's amazing. And um, thank you so much, Liz. Thank you, Michelle. Bye. Bye.